Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good evening, Bucknutters. Welcome into what we learned live following Ohio State's closer than expected win over Maryland. The final score looks a lot better than uh, the way the game looked. 43-30. to 30. Buckeyes survive in College Park. I am Dave Biddle. Welcome to the show. We're going to hear from Matt Baxendale here in a moment. We're going to hear from the publisher of Maryland's 24-7 site, Jeff Ehrman. Uh, after that, we're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon live from College Park after post-game interviews. So... You know, overall, a disappointing performance for Ohio State, but they got the job done. And, in fact, before I get into everything that I learned, we have Matt Baxendale here. Bax, you ready to roll? You still need a minute. I think he still needs a minute. Um, hey, what's up, Dave? Bax, what did you learn? What are your thoughts? They survived 43-30, to 30, but I did not like what I saw for most of that game. Your thoughts? Uh, I love Dallin Hayden. I can tell you that much. Uh and I really love seeing the running game actually line up and run the ball when people knew they were going to run it. That's like the first time since Notre Dame we've done that. So that was good. Like there, there's a lot of things we can certainly not be happy about in this game, but at this point, like does Dallin Hayden look like a star to you? Cause he looks like a star to me. He looked very good today, but um, I don't know. I'm just disappointed. I, I thought that game should have been over when, Dallin Hayden scored his third touchdown, and once again, they had a delay of game where they should have called a timeout. I don't know. That's yeah. twice Ryan Day, and I don't know if it's not Day, whoever on his staff fell asleep at the wheel twice. I mean, people are like yelling, like, call a timeout, call a timeout, and like, they didn't, and that cost them. And then they, instead of 
then getting a two-point conversion, then they have to settle for the extra point. And that gets blocked, and that gets returned for two. That's just one of many. I thought the play calling left a lot to be desired. There was a fourth and one that I thought was a terrible play call. Oh, my God. Throw some throw to, like, Marvin Harrison. I'm all for throwing to Marvin Harrison, but not that play on fourth and one. Like, what are you doing? Like They didn't even run play action. Like, of all the times this year to run the football on fourth and one, whether it's a QB sneak or just giving the ball to Hayden, who was pounding downhill, that's the time. We didn't even run play action. That is one of the stupidest situational play calls that I can remember. It gutless. Run the ball there, or at least run play action there. There's no reason to do that. To me, that was the stupidest moment of the game for Ohio State. C.J. Stroud looks like he's banged up now. He banged up his leg because they couldn't get the game. You know, this, it was just like everybody talking about, like, at Northwestern. Like, oh, just get the game in hand and then get the, all the backups in there. It's like, well, then you find yourself in a dogfight and you get your players – banged up um they're already banged up like crazy at the running back position Travion Henderson cannot stay healthy now backs looks like CJ Stroud banged up his leg I'm sure he's going to be able to play against Michigan he didn't miss a snap here but I'm just saying like that's another thing by them letting Maryland hang in there and give Maryland some credit but CJ Stroud looks banged up too you know what when it comes to the banged up battle here though Michigan losing Blake Forum is going to overshadow everything if he can't go next week so, yeah, like this is look the look at what the other top four teams did today, right? TCU barely won, Michigan barely won, Georgia sixteen to six at Kentucky, right? That's every bit as dumb as this game here. So I think the playoff teams are all kind of looking ahead, if you will, and I don't know. I I I don't want to get too up in arms about a game where we did some weird stuff that we haven't done a lot all year. And we had a guy break out, and we, we, we ran for over 200 yards, right? The defense made some timely plays, and outside of that block kick um, by Ruggles, I mean, the special teams made some enormous plays in this game. So maybe this is just survival Saturday, and we're never going to think about this again because next week's the game, and that's the decision maker. And maybe, you know, all of us, like, in the roundtable, did anybody think this would be close? No. Did we spend the last two weeks of roundtable talking about Michigan? Yes. So maybe that trickled down to the players too. You know, maybe they were sitting here thinking that now nah, we're going to win this game no matter what we do. And that's a dangerous thought when you're playing in the Big Ten on the road. By the way, your main point, you're totally right. Like next week, this time, if Ohio State has beaten Michigan, we won't care if Ohio State beat Maryland by 13 or 1 or 100. Like it won't even matter. Like it was just, it won't matter. It's just we're all in the moment right now. And we're just breaking down what we learned from the game. But you're absolutely right. All right, your confidence level, Michigan struggled big time today. And by the way, this is a Maryland team that Michigan only beat by seven in Ann Arbor. Um, I'm not impressed with Michigan. They still can't throw the ball down the field to save their life. As you mentioned, Corum's now banged up. I bet you he will play, but that did not look like it was a minor injury. It looks like something that he'll probably play through but will be limited. What's your confidence level for the Buckeyes in the game next week, Bax? Well, we can't compare this game to that game because Maryland is the best passing team we've played all year. They threw for 300 yards, right? Michigan can't throw the ball anything close to what these guys can do. And by the way, Donovan Edwards missed the game today too for Michigan. So Corum and Edwards are both out. That could be a real issue for them. J.J. McCarthy is not good enough to throw the ball downfield on anybody, much less a pretty decent Ohio State defense, right? 
Michigan lined up against Illinois and couldn't manball their way through because Illinois tried manballing them back. I think in this case, I have I think Ohio State matches up very well to Michigan because our offense is gonna succeed. The question is, is their offense, especially without Blake Corum. So if Corum doesn't play, Ohio State should be the hands down heavy favorite, even more so than they maybe should be already, because Corum is the straw that stirs the drink for them. They want to line up like Wisconsin. 10 years ago, and pound the ball down your throat. McCarthy is only supposed to be throwing outs and screens. He cannot push it downfield. Name me one receiver on that team other than Ronnie Bell that has a pulse. And the answer is probably Edwards, who's out. Ohio State's the better team, and I like this matchup way better than I did the offense against Rakeem Jarrett. Like, there's no Jarrett on Michigan's team, right? There's no receiver that can stretch the field on Michigan's team like we saw Maryland repeatedly do against Ohio State in this game. So... I feel very confident about Ohio State. Never a 10 out of 10 when the, the, our rivals are involved, but I'd probably say about an 8 right now, especially with the way Hayden has appeared lately. It's making me feel a lot better about these injured tailbacks we have. What did you make of the soft covers? That's so unlike Jim Knowles. We saw them, and they, they finally tightened it up, but like they were like given like 8-yard cushions. Like It was like, you know, hearkening back to the bad old days of, of the last two years. It was like, what are they doing? Like, get up there. And like they finally did, but like, too much soft coverage. Now, eventually the defense tightened up, but and I love Lathan Ransom, but what, what, what was what were they doing with the corners' backs? Yeah, I don't know, especially when I would make an argument that Rakeem Jarrett is the best receiver in the Big Ten, not named, not in Ohio State jersey. Like, I don't know if there's another receiver in the Big Ten I would take over him that, outside of the guys in Columbus. So why are we giving him space? Jam him off the line. Have a second guy over the top. I, I, I hate soft coverage. Like, unless it's like third and 22, don't do that. Make it hard on them, right? Make them beat you. Make them have to, you know, make a play. And especially against Maryland, who can throw the ball, right? Like, Dave, there's nobody else that we've played this year that can throw anywhere close to these guys, right? So, I don't know. At, at the end of the day, I think Knowles expected a little more pressure from the front, front four over the course of the game. And when the game was on the line, we saw Zach Harrison step up. We have to, I have to give him so much credit. Those last two plays right, where it's only a six-point game, that's what an elite defensive end does, a sack and a forced fumble. I don't know what else we can ask for the guy, right? And I don't think we got enough of that from the D-line over the course of the game today, but at the end of the game when it mattered, they, they showed up. And that's the other thing here. Like, Dave, last year when we were talking about this defense, we were like, oh, God, we can't even stop the run, right? Michigan just wound it up and punched us in the mouth and ran it down our throat. I feel like this defense is way physically tougher and stouter than that team last year. So that's a really good sign in my eyes. Low bar, but I agree with you. I mean, last year's defense was neither stout nor tough. But this year, I do like overall what I'm seeing out of this defense. I mean, there was some things I didn't like today. But overall, I think this was like, you know, what, I, I just, what was Ryan Day thinking sometimes? Like, why, how do you not call timeout? I know we already touched on this. Dave, he's had a year with this stuff. At times, I wrote this down. I can't believe this. I said, I can't believe I'm saying this. Maryland's leading at halftime backs 13 to 10, and I'm thinking Mike Loxley at this point is out coaching Ryan Day. Mike Loxley is, is a terrible coach, and he's out coaching Ryan Day. Go yeah. ahead. Ryan Day has had a year this year where he's done some inexplicable things to me in terms of play calling offensively. Um, and it isn't just this game. There are times where you can see that he doesn't trust the running game or he wants to throw the ball so badly that he tries shoehorning a call in that's just too fancy for the moment. Like on fourth and one, 
right? Hey, I got Marvin Harrison. He's the best thing I got. I'm going to find him no matter what I have to do. Even if they have to roll CJ to his offside and then make him throw the ball kind of a flutter pass while he's getting hit and might hurt himself. Dude, run a play action, right? They have to respect it with the way Hayden's running. They'll crash down and Stroud might have jogged to the sideline and gotten the first down. So Ryan Day has been too fancy this year by a half. And I hope that he self-scouts that because there have been more than a few times this year with Ryan Day's play calling where you kind of wonder, and it hasn't cost us. We're 11-0. This is nitpicking. This is a little emotional. But, you know, I know, and I know you got Maryland's publisher coming on, Jeff Ehrman. Er- I'm sure he's super excited about how well Maryland played. But end of the day, Ohio State has to have it on point next weekend. And today was not on point. And, yes, big picture, this game doesn't mean jack squat compared to next week. But we have to lock it down next week, plain and simple. When you need to jump off, jump off. I know you need to ref a hockey game. What's your thoughts on Julian Fleming? It seems like he he didn't have any like egregious drops, but like he just he struggles with drops in general. But like today it was like contested balls. I'm not seeing what I need to see out of Julian Fleming. What are you seeing out of uh, number four out there? Um, I miss Jackson Smith and Jigba badly. Every time I see Fleming not be able to get out of coverage, and not be able to fight through coverage for a ball. We saw this numerous times in this game today where there was a guy on him and Fleming couldn't get his body in position to make the play to the point that he needed to. And look, he's a fast guy. He has athletic gifts. But Egbuka and Harrison, he is not. And I, I think that there's a lot of times where Fleming doesn't battle the way he needs to on the ball. I mean, there was just multiple times. Look at that holding penalty late in the game today where Fleming, like, I didn't even, it didn't even look like he was running a route was what uh, was what Greg McElroy said on the broadcast. The guy just kind of grabbed him and he stood there like, huh? If that was a route that he was running, that guy wasn't just jammed. He was flattened and stopped like he was blocked. So I don't know what's going on with Fleming, but I think there's a lot more to give than we got from him in terms of physicality and being able to battle for the football. We haven't seen it. So next week, what do you expect out of the running back position? You think my guess is Mayan will play, but will be limited. Travion mm-hmm. will play, but will be limited. And Dallin's like the one healthy guy. Like what? What do you expect out of the running back position next week, backs? I think Dallin Hayden's earned it at this point. If, if Mayan Williams isn't healthy and Travion Henderson isn't healthy, it's Dallin Hayden. No question about it. And I'll add this even further. Even if those other guys can go. I want Hayden. I want him on the field, period. All right. Well, hey, I'll get you out of here. I know you got to get to uh, refing hockey. Um, have fun with that. Hey, Dave, one more thing just for everybody on the broadcast, too. Is we won the game. We won by 13. Take a deep breath, everybody. It's hate week. It's the week of the game. This is revenge week. All that matters. We're 11-0 behind it. Now we have to beat Michigan. That's it. That's all we need to be worried about. So happy Thanksgiving, happy hate week, beat the Wolverines. What's the best thing about going 11 and 0? The chance to go 12 and 0 and ruining Michigan's season. He is the People's Champ, Matt Baxter, yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. That's right. Thank you, Bax. Appreciate it. He is the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. Again, if you're uh, on Bucknuts, make sure you read his column every Sunday. Must read material. The Bucket, Matt Baxendale. So, what did we learn? As Bax said, survive in advance. On the road, didn't look good there for a minute, and uh, trailing at halftime. I mean, the Buckeyes, one thing we can say, they're battle-tested. This is at least, what, four times now they've been in a dogfight. But, again, 
again, like I said, it wouldn't have mattered if they won this game by 100 or by a point or by 13 like they did. All, all that matters is next week. And I don't think Michigan, if they, if Michigan and Ohio, I think it's, it's an elimination game. You know, I mean, Ohio State's strength of schedule is a lot better than Michigan's, thanks to like Notre Dame. But um, I think it's an elimination game next week. All right, let's bring in Jeff Ehrman. Love it. My friend Jeff Ehrman, the uh, founder and publisher of Inside MD Sports on the 24-7 Sports Network. Jeff, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for joining us. Dave, good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Hell of a game today. I didn't, wasn't expecting that. And the final score doesn't even do it justice, 43-30. to 30. Um, Your thoughts on the game overall? I mean, it was nearly a draw. You know, I was just looking at the stats. Maryland actually outgained Ohio State 402 to 401, amazingly. But, you know, I can't think a lot of it came down to the big plays. The, the punt block, I think, was the biggest swing play in the game. Ohio State ran the ball a little bit better than Maryland. And when you're a team like Maryland trying to beat a team like Ohio State, you got to play perfect and then some. And they just weren't quite there. They were a lot better than they've been, but they weren't perfect. Give us from a, like a unbiased observer, what do you see out of this Ohio State team? What you've seen up to now, what you saw today, projected for next week against Michigan. Maryland's also played Michigan and played them tough. What do you see out of this Ohio State team? Strengths, weaknesses, and how far do you think they can go? I mean, I think that they're, to me, the best team in the Big Ten. Um, you know, it's hard to hard to compare necessarily – you know, because, hey, we know transitive properties don't work in sports. Different teams play at different levels on different days. Maryland also played at Michigan and at home at Ohio State. Uh, I thought Ohio State looked maybe a little bit flat today. C.J. Stroud was good, but not great. He didn't look to me. It wasn't a Heisman front runner kind of performance uh, necessarily. And, and Overall, the running game was solid, but obviously you're missing, you know, your, your big power back. So that kind of makes a difference, too. But, you know, it would be hard for me to bet against them, against Michigan. I put it that way. What do you think of Ryan Day's coaching today? I thought it left a lot to be desired. I know I'm coming from the Ohio State point of view. What, what do you think of Ryan Day's coaching today? Play calls. I thought the one the game when they threw on fourth and one when they've been running the ball easily and probably had a 95 percent chance of getting that yard on the ground that to me was a stunning call otherwise you know it's hard to say i don't agree ohio state game it's hard for me to compare uh today versus other days you know put it this way when you have that much more talent than the other team as ohio state has you should win by more than basically three points the last touchdown you know is part of the game uh, so, you know, I, I'm sure it was not his best coaching performance. It certainly was not. Um, but I give Maryland credit. I mean, you got to give Maryland credit. They came in and they played. How well did they play, Jeff? Was this like one of the best games they've played all season? Like, how, how would you rate? I, I think we've got to give Maryland some credit here. How, how well did the Terps play today? Yeah, it was probably this or the game in Michigan, ironically, are probably their two best performances. Both of them losses, but. Um, you know, especially considering the situation, situation is half the battle in sports, especially college sports where, you know, they're not pros. They tend to vary based on a million different factors from week to week. Um, but, you know, Tungabailo had really struggled the last two weeks against Penn 
State and Wisconsin. He'd thrown for a combined like 160 yards in those two games. They only scored one touchdown on offense in those two games, and that was a late uh, kind of mop-up time touchdown at Wisconsin when the game was out of reach. So, you know, this was this it might have been their best performance of the season, you know, when you compare. Tonga Vailoa played really, really well. I know, he, I know he was banged up. He had the knee. Um, didn't put up, like, really good stats the last couple of weeks. Played really, really well today. And he's def- I know he could go pro, but he's definitely coming back next year, right, in your opinion? I would think so. You know, it just depends on if he thinks he has legitimate NFL prospects. You know, I think he's definitely undersized. There are a lot of other questions he has to answer. But the thing about guys like that is you're not going to get any bigger – another year from now. So do you go now and take your shot at it instead of taking another year's worth of hits? The other question is NIL, maybe can they do, you know, can he get an NIL deal that makes it worthwhile to come back for a year? I think that's a real possibility. So my guess is that he'd be back, but it's really, uh, it's really uncertain. All right. You know, your stuff, just shoot me straight on a neutral field. I know it's at, at the horseshoe, but who's the better team this year, Ohio state or Michigan, in your opinion, Jeff Herman. I like Ohio State because I think they're more talented. I mean, Michigan's really good, but you know well. They don't recruit on that same level. You know, Ohio State's got a better quarterback and more star power at the playmaking spots. Blake Corum, apparently, you know, now we don't know what uh, what his status, health status is. So, you know, I like uh, – and, and, and just the whole – I mean, let's be honest. This series has been lopsided, you know, other than the one win – Ohio State had dominated, so you have to take that into account also. So I like Ohio State, but I don't, you know, it's not like years past where you feel like they absolutely own Michigan and Michigan has no chance. I think Michigan's pretty good, and, you know, I would assume it would be a, a single-digit margin kind of game. Well, hey, I appreciate you hopping on, my friend. Great insights. He is Jeff Ehrman, founder and publisher, Inside MD Sports. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it, man. All right, great hearing from Jeff. Great hearing from Matt Baxendale. All right, fire away with some questions, my friends. If you've, uh, if you've already submitted a question, please resubmit it because I'm just now looking at them. Get my trusty uh, old man reading glasses on here. Trepa Coles on YouTube. The Illini showed how to take away J.J. McCarthy's run threat. Yeah, I mean, like I- I've been saying, J.J. McCarthy's like – yeah, he's mobile, but he's not like a great runner or anything. And he struggles going to his left. He can throw well going to his right. Uh, you want to force him to go left. And, like, you know, he's not explosive as a runner. He's he's definitely mobile, but he's not explosive. He doesn't want to take hits. He's not – he's tougher than what I thought, though. He grew up playing hockey. He was a really good hockey player. It's not like he's like a wimp. But, um, yeah, I agree with that. All right, fire away with the questions. Avi on YouTube. When we played uh, press coverage and blitzed, good things happened. Not why. Not sure why we did not. Not sure why we did the opposite all damn day. I know. Well, until the end, right? I mean, they finally did adjust. It seems, Avi. But I, I was saying the same thing. I'm like, what are they doing? Like, what? This is like a, a blast from the past that I don't want to see. Um, soft coverage. It's third and seven, and you're like ten yards off the receivers. Like, what are you doing? You're just giving them a free first down. Did not like that. Bilal says on YouTube, Michigan almost lost at home to a garbage Illinois team. Illinois is not garbage, though. But Michigan did lose. They had to kick a last-second field goal. 
No, their field goal kicker is fantastic, and it wasn't like a long field goal. But still, I mean, you, <laughs> we all know. I mean, they were close to losing that game. Joel Palmer on uh, YouTube. Dallin Hayden equals the starter. Probably. I mean, A, because he looks good, and B, because of the injuries. I still think Mayan is going to play next week and probably Travion, but who knows? Travion's going to probably play and have one play and get re-injured, not looking good with his foot. Touched on this. Brian on YouTube, what is with all the delay of game penalties? I don't know. It's inexcusable. And once you get down that like that close, you got to call timeout, and that's on the head coach. You can blame Stroud all you want. That's on the head coach. We see it all the time where that's going on, especially when you're the play caller, which Ryan Day is, you've got, and if it's not him, if he has somebody working for him that like needs to like tell him, then that person screwed up. But like, when we're like all like yelling, like call timeout, call like, twice, call timeout, call. And it's like five seconds. It's not it like he was even close. He's like, call timeout, call timeout. And they fall asleep with the wheel twice. And that second time was a four point swing. Can't do it. Can't have it. The 48 on YouTube, JSN on Saturday, question mark. No. That's not official. I, I would be shocked if if uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba plays. It's now the game week. We don't have to worry about, like, talk. You worry about, like, oh, you guys are, can't look ahead. No, he's not going to play this week, though. I, I doubt he'll even play. Maybe he'll pull a, a Jalen Waddle and play if the Buckeyes make it to the national championship game. Um, but I, I seriously doubt Jackson's going to play against the Buckeyes' rivals. Stephen Cherry on YouTube saying Fleming is regressing. It's disappointing. You know, he he struggles. Julian Fleming seems to struggle to catch those balls that aren't easy catches. But, like, you know, when he's contested, he just – he struggles there. And he's a big physical guy. Disappointing. Emmanuel says – You'd like to see Ballard in there for Fleming. Yeah, but I mean, the, I mean, Brian Hartline sees these guys every day. There's a reason that um, Fleming's in there over Ballard. Ken Taco Hut, no way JSN plays. I agree. Bilal, had, Travion Henderson did not look right. He needs to rest. Yeah, absolutely he does. The thing is, though, I mean, you say he needs to rest. Like, now you're like, the game is now approached. It's like, how... Even if he plays, how effective is he going to be? Like now you've, you know, I don't know. We'll see. The pessimistic Buckeye. The pessimistic Buckeye. Stroud has not looked like a Heisman contender. You're living up to your name, my friend. The pessimistic Buckeye. Stroud hasn't looked like a Heisman contender. I thought he played well today. I didn't think that was on him at all. I thought the play calling was not good. I thought sometimes when, you know, Travion had a chance to go like north and south. He'd bounce it to the outside for no reason and get stuffed for like a two-yard loss. I didn't think that was on Stroud at all. I thought that I, I thought the play calling was left a lot to be desired. Offensive line, the right side of the offensive. Now Dewan Jones stepped up late, but I thought the right side of the offensive line left a lot to be desired. Matt Jones did get banged up. Rick says, "Who will back up Matthew Jones if he can't go? That would be Enoch Vamahi." Unless they put Josh Fryer in there, because Josh can play guard, even though he's been repping as the backup right tackle and as the jumbo guy. They call it the bison. 
Uh, we all know it was the jumbo formation when you have a, an extra offensive lineman out there like I did with Donovan Jackson last year, put that number 41 on him. So Josh Fryer, it might be Josh Fryer. It'll be one of those two. Enoch is the backup right guard, and he's played well spot duty this year, including the opener against Notre Dame at a nice pool block for a first down. Um, my guess is it would be Enoch, but Josh Fryer could be in there as well. Larry on YouTube, if UNC wins the ACC, are they in? It depends on TCU and USC. I think certainly undefeated TCU gets in as Big 12 champ over one loss. UNC is ACC champ. And I think 12 and one USC would get in over UNC as well. So UNC pretty much has to hope that both TCU and USC lose for the Tar Heels to get in, in my opinion. I mean, or, or at least one of them, at least one of them, but probably both of them. Got a lot of people saying this. A lot of people mad about the play calling, myself included. A lot, a lot of comments about that. La kindness couch. <laughs> I like that. La kindness couch. Getting punched in the mouth. Glad it was a man's game today. Best way to be ready and alert for next week. It's good glass half full for from a, the properly named La Kindness Coach. Couch. Not, or coach, but couch. Yeah, I mean, seriously. I mean, it, it didn't look good for a while. As much as you say you're not going to look ahead if you're the team, you're, obviously you're looking ahead. You're on the road, you win by 13, and when it's not looking good, you're trailing at halftime. We'll take it. We'll take it. And now it is all about the game. Look like Jordan Hancock got banged up. Jaya Brown was in there. I didn't see J.K. Johnson today. So they might be more banged up at corner than I thought, but at least Cam Brown's healthy. You know Cam Brown wants to get after Michigan after what happened last year. He was the one guy that was kind of like really getting after him um, when all that was going on. Let me, let me see when Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy are talking about live from Michigan or from Michigan. I see I already got that team up north on my mind. Live from Maryland. So I don't know what you guys think. Keep the questions, keep the questions coming. I can get to as many as I can here. Yeah, I think a lot of I think a lot of people agree with this. Josh is saying both teams were looking ahead to next week. And Illinois is actually pretty good, and Maryland played well. You got to give both teams credit, but yes. Brian on YouTube, Ransom is a beast. He sure is. He's grading out as, if not the best, one of the best safeties in the country. Also had his second block punt in as many days. Lathan Ransom, kudos to that young man. Brandy Butterfield on YouTube, how do we stop Michigan's run game? Michigan hasn't faced that many good defenses. I think – Michigan's going to, especially if Corum, I have no doubt Corum's going to play. He even came back in after sustaining the injury, even though he only played one more snap after that. Um, he, there's no doubt he's banged up. I bet he'll play. But Michigan has no downfield passing game. None. I think Ohio State's going to sell it to stop the run and make J.J. McCarthy beat them with the pass. And um, I think it's going to be tough sledding for Michigan. We shall see. 
we shall see. But yeah, I think they are, they will be able to not stop Michigan's running game. Michigan's got a really good offensive line. But with, if Quorum's banged up and Donovan Edwards is banged up too, like we'll see. Yeah, I watched the whole game. We have rightful one saying um, Quorum didn't look great. He couldn't cut at all. I agree. You could see when they came out. I know what you're talking about when they came out for. I'm surprised they even put him back in there. Maybe they, they didn't want that to be his last play as a Wolverine in Michigan Stadium when he got hurt because I'm surprised they put him back in there because when it, you saw him warming up after halftime, he was trying to cut and he couldn't, as rightful one is rightfully saying on YouTube. So didn't look good at all for Blake Corum. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Don R is saying if Corum is out, we win big. Again, I doubt he's going to be out. I bet he'll play, but he's not going to be 100%. Both teams extremely banged up at running back. I didn't even know. I don't know what's going on with Donovan Edwards. It could be just precautionary, but you think of it was like nothing that he at least would have like dressed and they would have had him available in case what happened today happened. Because even their true freshman got banged up. He was still in their number 23 for Michigan, uh, C.J. Stokes. He got banged up. He took like a Katz and Moyer, Corby Jones hit. And uh, they had to put like some 41, some guy I never even heard of in there. So both teams extremely banged up. I don't know if Donovan Edwards, if his injury is minor. That kind of came up out of nowhere. I don't know if he got hurt last week against Rutgers or if he got hurt during practice, but both teams extremely banged up. But you know who's not banged up? I shouldn't, I mean, knock on wood. Dallin Hayden, not banged up. Dallin Hayden, not banged up. Although, who knows? I mean, how about Dallin Hayden? 27 carries, 146 yards and three touchdowns. 27 carries, 146 yards and three touchdowns for Dallin Hayden. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Keep these questions coming. We're going to hear from Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy as soon as interviews are I think interviews are going on as we speak. You never know on the road, though. It's always uh, it's always interesting. Uh, the post game press conferences on the road. We got Jeff on. Well, we got, they're coming fast and furious. Jeff on Facebook is Hayden the starter for next week. Jeff is saying Hayden runs the ball north south instead of trying to bounce it to the outside. If he's not the starter, he's going to play a lot. You know, I I, I do think Mayan and Travion are going to try and play next week, but. Um, Dallin looks good. I hear what you're saying. He does. He's quick. He hits the hole hard. He runs bigger than his 195-pound frame. He says he's over 200. He's listed at 195. He was really good in high school. Two huge years playing uh, in the Memphis area. And even as a four-star, I think he was a little underrated. Brian is saying, I thought Chip was going to play today. Yeah. I did, too. That must be it, that injury. Whatever he's dealing with must be more serious than they're letting on because, you know, he's got one carry the entire year. This would have been a good time to at least get him some touches. Although, I mean, it did end up being a lot closer, obviously, than we expected. So maybe this wasn't a good time to get a lot, get him any touches. But you would think if he was healthy, they would have got chipped some touches, especially with Travion banged up. But they did not do that. Yeah, imagine if Evan Pryor wasn't out for the season. It, it's crazy. I mean, I've never seen Ohio State banged up like this at the running back position. Even like the the walk-on that we're like excited about, T.C. Caffey out for the year. Evan Pryor, before the year even started, out for the year. Travion and mine have been banged up all year off and on. Dallin Hayden, though. 
would have thought Dallin Hayde would come in and save the day this year? He's got like 500 rushing yards on the year, five touchdowns, averaging over five yards per carry. I would have told you that coming into the year, especially before like Evan Pryor got hurt. Dallin Hayden, a guy a lot of people probably never even heard of, that he would, uh, you know, have like 500 yards, have this big of an impact, and might be the starter for the Michigan game. You guys would have thought it was crazy. Or that Buckeyes were decimated by injuries at the running back position. Yeah, Devin on YouTube saying, I think they were definitely looking ahead. I'm sure that was part of it. I'm sure you could say the same thing about Michigan, although I think Illinois is a good team. and um, Maryland was a good team, then they looked terrible, then they played pretty well today. As we heard from Jeff Ehrman, um, the publisher from Inside MD Sports. It was either it's a toss-up between the – Michigan game and the Ohio State game was, was Maryland's best game this year, and they lost both, but they were in both of them. Only lost by seven in Ann Arbor, and that was a game where the opening kickoff went off the uh, Maryland's kickoff returner's face mask for uh, recovery for Michigan and basically an easy touchdown to start that game off. And what was the final score? 34-27, final margin of seven points. Michigan got seven points off the bat, right off the bat there, so – I guess you got to give Maryland some credit, but man, I, Ohio State's got to play better than that. But they, I, I, I think there is something to what you said. I think they were looking ahead. Danielle, any chance we see JSN again as a Buckeye? I doubt it. We're not going to see him next week. I'm, I'm very. David said that. I'm pretty sure we're not going to see him next week. Almost positive. There's a chance we could see him in the playoffs, but I, I doubt it, Danielle. I doubt. It. I think he's probably played his last game for the Buckeyes. I hope I'm wrong. You could kind of see it at the Iowa game. Came back, he hurt against Notre Dame, came back against Toledo, re-injured it, sat him out for a few weeks, came back after the bye against Iowa, re-injured it. And you can see just even the way he reacted, just he could tell. You could tell. And that and that was his second time re-injuring an injury that lingers like no other injury in sports. You know, I mean as Sue, who a loyal listener to the show, Sue has said she's a doctor. It's like maybe the two are, you know, hamstrings and high ankle sprains. Nothing lingers longer than that, especially for football players, especially for wide receivers. So you knew when he re-injured it his second time that he was probably done. And I, I hope I'm wrong, but I seriously doubt we're going to see JSN play for the Buckeyes again. We'll see. Yes, Ken on Facebook saying Michigan had their struggles today too. Of course they did. Michigan's had their struggles a lot this year. It's almost like people aren't even talking about it. Michigan was trailing at halftime against Rutgers. Tied at halftime against Indiana. So. Ramon on YouTube. Hopefully Xavier Johnson gets more touches next week. It's a great thing to have him as a, as a weapon in case you need him. You know, I mean, he can play wide receiver. He can play running back and do it effectively. He's not just a body. He can do it effectively. So I agree with you. Absolutely. What is our biggest weakness heading into the big game? It's a good question. I will still say it's short yardage running. I mean, it's I mean, even though today they did a better job with Dallin, like still it's fourth and one and you're throwing the ball 10 yards down the field to Marvin Harrison, incomplete, by the way. Um, no, no. I mean, that's still a concern. This game will be won in the trenches next week. As we all know, I know I'm not breaking news to you guys. This game will be won in the trenches. 
And Ohio State has to be able to do things like when they want to run the ball in third and one, be able to run the ball in third and one and get that damn first down. Mitchell on Facebook, will they have any wrinkles to throw at that team up north? Absolutely. I have no doubt Ryan Day has been holding some stuff back. But I'm sure Harbaugh and his guys have too. It's a chess match. We'll see who's the better chess player. But I have no doubt Ryan Day has been holding some stuff back. No doubt, no doubt at all. And it being at the horseshoe is huge. It's huge. Huge. Brandy saying Ryan Day is stubborn. I hope today showed he needs to give Dallin Hayden a chance. Well, I mean, I think he uh, had his pecking order for running backs, and Dallin has played really well, but most of it's because guys have been hurt. I mean, not why he's played well, but, like, we don't know. I mean, everybody's ripping on Travion. I, I've been critical of Travion. He's legit hurt, though. That foot, it's not like he's, like, not hurt. That foot is actually hurt. Mayan's been hurt, but credit goes to Dallin Hayden. True freshman coming in there. No one expected anything out of him, and he looks good. So that's huge. It's huge. Oh, Tennessee getting a getting a touchdown. South Carolina 21, Tennessee 14. It was 21, just 21-7. So 21-14, South Carolina leads Tennessee. This would knock Tennessee out, obviously, if they win, if South Carolina wins. Darren on YouTube saying, I love Coach Day, but man, is he getting out coached. I, I, he definitely did in the first half. I don't know. I, I didn't think Mike Loxley could ever out coach anyone. I'm literally shaking my head. I am for those that are listening to the podcast. I'm just, I'm literally shaking my head. I'm just like, uh, no, you're totally right. Josh on Facebook feels like Day has been saving stuff all year because of the play calling. It does feel like they're like going like over tendency. Like they're like they're being like, you know, like they're feels like they're setting Michigan up. But Michigan probably knows that though. We'll see. I'm not that worried about the game. Not that I'm not like I know anything can happen, but I mean, Ohio State struggled today. Michigan struggled more than Ohio State did, and Michigan struggled at home. Took a last second field goal to win. A lot of questions and comments about Julian Fleming. Fleming, why do we okay him? He drops more than he catches. Well, to be frank, there's a reason he was a number four wide receiver coming into the season and not in the top three. The only reason he's playing a lot is because Jackson Smith and Jigba's hurt. They can say they were going to play four wide receivers. They were not going to. If Jackson Smith and Jigba was healthy, they're going to play JSN, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Emeka most of the snaps. He's got to get better. Larry, was Stroud hurt? Yes, he hurt his leg. Looked like on a run. He got hit. Hopefully, it's just like a thigh bruise. That's my guess. That's what it looked like. But uh, definitely, his leg got banged up. Um, that's what happens when you're in a dogfight in the fourth quarter and you got to do things that you don't want to do, like have your quarterback run when you should have the game in the bag. After, that, after Dallin's third touchdown, that should have been game over right there. Early fourth quarter. You get up 33-21, to 21, you have a chance to the uh, two-point conversion to make it 35-21. You get another delay of game on a two-point conversion. And, okay, if it's 
you scored a touchdown, everything's chaotic, and the play clock's winding down. Okay, fine. Even though that's really not an excuse, call a timeout. Twice we saw it. And that's the stuff that's going to burn you when you're not playing Maryland, okay? You can get away with it against Maryland, barely. You can't get away with that against Georgia. You can't get away with it next week. You can't get away with it against good teams, okay? Twice. Delay of game penalties. And it was obvious it was coming. It was like, call timeout, call timeout. The entire sideline is asleep. Ryan Day or whoever the assistant coach is or the support staff member that's supposed to be on top of that fell asleep twice. And it cost them that. That game should have been over right then. Dallin Hayden's third touchdown, game over. And it wasn't just the four-point swing. If you don't get the two-point conversion, I'm confident they would have got it. Or at least they didn't get it. At least then Maryland doesn't return it for two points. You give them momentum. It was a four-point swing. All of a sudden now, it's 33-23. to They just return a blocked extra point for two points. And they have momentum. And now you're in a dogfight. So, yeah, so Stroud got banged up. He's going to be fine, is my guess. There's no doubt he's going to play. But he got banged up. I'm glad you asked this question. Michael on Facebook, are the delay of game penalties on Day or Stroud? In my opinion, it's on the head coach. We see it all the time in football. Especially when you have a quarterback like CJ, he really doesn't have the freedom to do whatever the hell he wants to. This isn't like Peyton Manning or even to use a pro example, Joe Burrow can really freelance do what he wants. Like CJ doesn't have as much, uh, you know, freelance ability as maybe some people think. We see it all the time in football. What happens? Play clock's winding down, head coach timeout. Okay. Twice day fell asleep. And we've seen it a lot this year. It wasn't just today. I think it's on the head coach. I'm sure he's being asked about that at the press conference. That's one thing I'll ask Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy when they jump on. Steve said he's going to jump on here in about five minutes or so. Yeah, we, I, there was a question here, or at least a comment from Devin on YouTube. If Chop is a little healthy and Dallin is fully healthy, then the Buckeyes will be okay. I would agree with that. At least at – least, at least, if Mayan Williams can be like somewhat effective, get him like 10, 12 carries, bruise it up a little bit, get Dallin in there, they'll be more than fine. They're going to have to throw this ball. I think the weather is going to be fine. I mean, I know there's been some talk it's going to be messy. It's like last I saw it was going to be like high of 42 here. It might be snowy and wet in the morning. I think by the time kickoff, it's going to be like high of 42. They said precipitation, like 30% chance. And again, seven days out, you can pretty much throw that out. But like, if you want to take that as gospel, even if, if that holds up, it doesn't look that bad. It doesn't look that bad. So that's good news. You can say like, oh, it doesn't matter. Ohio State doesn't play well in bad weather. They just don't. So I, I, I'm hoping it's going to be decent weather. And it looks like it will be decent weather. And South Carolina scored again, as Scott says. Look at South Carolina out here playing some football. Shane Locke, who is C.J. Stroud's backup? That would be Kyle McCord, who the Buckeyes picked over J.J. McCarthy, by the way. I don't even know if that was a bad call. We'll find out next year when Kyle McCord's the starter. J.J. McCarthy has not impressed me that much. Steve Hellwagon, live from College Park, Maryland. All right, Steve. I mean, where do you come down on this? They're in a dogfight. They're trailing at halftime, but they do emerge with a victory. Um What's your main takeaway, Steve? Well, you know, 
crazy day in college football, survive in advance is kind of how you look at it. And if we hadn't seen this type of thing happen for all the many years we've been doing this, then, you know, I mean, think about it, 1996, they go to Indiana, should wipe them off the planet, and they're trailing going to the fourth quarter, you know, I mean, and they still come out and win the game and go to the Rose Bowl. So, you know, that's just one of probably 20 different examples of games just like this that have happened so many times over the years. The game here four years ago, it's, you know, they're down 24 to – well, they're down 17 to three and then 24 to 10, I think, in that game and came back and forced the overtime, got it into overtime and, and uh, were able to survive. They replayed the play a number of times today uh, with the two point conversion pass that could have been completed to make it a Maryland win. Well, Maryland was in position a couple of times in this game to really make things squeamish on Ohio State. And every time Ohio State absolutely had to have a play to preserve this game, they pretty much got it. And uh, this thing turned on a dime. You know, obviously uh, it was uh, whatever the score was at halftime, 13 to 10. And Lathan Ransom makes that play on second down and hits uh, the, the big guy, Dipri. Is that how CJ Dipri is how you pronounce his name? And he'd already had a touchdown. The game knocks him for about a six yard loss on that pass reception. And then he comes off the edge, the punter's left edge, and blocks the punt. And uh, the Buckeyes punched that in for the touchdown. Uh, and they, they kind of, you know, they got ahead two touchdowns. And you thought, well, this thing's in the bag. And now here comes Maryland. They kept playing. Give Tagovailoa a ton of credit. He did everything he could to try and will Maryland to the wind. It's just, uh, you know, the guys around him maybe just didn't hold up their, their end of the bargain in some cases, both offense and defense for them. And Ohio State gets out of here 43-30 win. I thought – Really slow on the uptake with Travion Henderson. I mean, he's injured on the touchdown, <clears throat> obviously hobbled, you know, from that moment on. And uh, it took him another quarter and a half or whatever till they finally realized this guy can't go today. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of questions to me. I mean, it took him forever to put Dallin Hayden in the game. And then he started playing really well. And now you went from being afraid to put Dallin Hayden in the game to overworking him. You know, it just, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't know. I mean, no chip tray on him, even though he was billed that he might be able to play. I mean, don't think it might be worthwhile to get him in there for a few plays as well. I, I don't know. Um, offensive line didn't play really well in the first half, I didn't think. Um, second half, they got a little bit better movement up front. And uh, Hayden, obviously, he didn't didn't need much of, uh, of, uh, of a crease. He was hitting the hole hard. And uh, second 100-yard game in a row, and I think you have to reevaluate now. I think he, you know, he might be your guy going into Michigan because I don't think Henderson's right, and nobody knows if Williams is right. <clears throat> Come from Steven on YouTube, Steve. He said, ask Steve about Ryan Day's play calling today. So, I mean, there were some curious – and Steve, well, and in addition to play calling, what the hell is up with the delay of game penalties? And then not only that, but you're not twice, you don't call timeout in time. We see it all the time, head coaches calling timeout to avoid that. Um, what do you make of the play calling, the fourth and one call, the pass on fourth and one, the overall play calling, and the delay of game penalty and falling asleep at the wheel? We've seen it a lot this year, Steve. It wasn't just today with the delay of game and Ryan Day falling asleep over there. Or 
the support staff member, whoever support supposed to let him know. What'd you make of that? And and was Ryan asked about that? Uh, he was, he was, and he said that some of the blame goes with him. Uh, I think um, the one to start the series uh, that was really ridiculous. I mean, to, to come out and, and they weren't really even close to running a play on either of the delay game penalties. Like they were standing around trying to figure out, you know, what, what they were supposed to do still. They hadn't, I mean, it was like, they were very tentative, very uncertain of what they were supposed to do. Like the play call may have come in late or it may have been garbled in translation and people weren't where they were supposed to be. Um, <clears throat> to me, uh, the two point one uh, down at the end there, um, I don't know. I don't know how that happens. I, I just I think what he said was they gave them an alignment that they weren't certain they were going to be able to block, and so they just I don't know didn't snap it. And uh, so I don't know what what to make of that one. It's kind of curious. This is the second time this year they've lined up to do that, had some type of a penalty backed up five yards, and then they haven't gone for it. And lo and behold, is that the one that may have gotten uh, blocked and returned for two points for Maryland? You know, I, I think maybe, you know, what's the difference of going from it for it from the three yard line to the eight yard line? You're not going to run for it from the eight yard line, obviously, but uh, you could certainly complete a pass for that. So um, I don't know. I'm 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 of the same mindset as you are that uh, they've got to clean up some things. You're playing on the road, and uh, the road's worth about five penalties, as we saw today, because they usually have four or five, and today they had 10 or 11. So, uh, you know, and, and obviously uh, a couple of them, you know, didn't really factor in the in the outcome, the celebration there at the end or whatever that was, and, uh, you know, a couple different ones. But uh, coverage issues, past defense issues throughout the game uh, really plagued them. And, uh, you know, they have plenty of reason to go back to work uh, on Monday, no doubt. Steve, let's get two questions for you from uh, our listeners. We'll get you out of here. We've got Patrick Murphy in here, also live from College Park. This is from Rick on YouTube. Steve, who do you think looked best in our secondary besides Ransom, and who didn't look good in the secondary? Well, McAllister gave up a big play, but I thought on the whole he played pretty well. Uh, I didn't hear Ronnie Hickman's name mentioned a whole lot today. Uh, Brown, Burke, uh, Jordan Hancock had a rough day. I don't think there's any other way to put that. And uh, I don't know. Uh, Tylea Tagovailoa has 11 300-yard games to his credit in his career. So this isn't a guy – this is the best pass offense that they've probably played all season. Uh, You guys were sitting right there when I asked Jim Knowles, your average offenses you faced are 96th this year. This one's in the 60s. Guys, two weeks ago, they were in the 30s. You know, they got whitewashed by Wisconsin and Penn State. They dropped 25, 30 spots in both scoring and yardage in two weeks. So they have the makings of a top 30, top 40 offense, just didn't play good the last two weeks against two pretty good defensive teams, Wisconsin and Penn State. So I think there's a lot to work on there. What's the other question, Dave? All right, let's get you out of here on this. This is from Aaron on Facebook. What does Steve think Ohio State needs to do to beat the team up north besides the obvious of stopping Blake Corum? How about this? Play healthy players. Let's start there. I know you love Travion Henderson and everything else and probably love Mayan Williams, but there is a diminishing return to playing injured players. And, you know, they said he had a great week of practice. He tried to give it a go. But I'm telling you, when he scores and is hobbled, you know, 
I don't know, man. They kept trotting him out there for 10 or 11 more carries. It's like for one yard, no yards. He had no burst. He just didn't have it today. And it took them over a quarter and a half to figure that out to pull him out of the game. So uh, I think they were scared to put Hayden in the game, but all that kid's done. All TCU does is win football games, as we saw today. All that kid's done is get in the game and make plays. So I think it's time to uh, – we made a joke here. I'm sitting here with a couple of the guys. I said they were afraid to put him into the game, and then he carried it on like four or five straight plays there in the third or fourth quarter. We're like, now they're rushing him into production. You know, it's like they, they can't give it to him enough. So make up your freaking mind is my feeling. And, uh, you know, uh, defense, they're going to have to make some heavy improvement because if they don't, somebody down the line is going to uh, put up a 40 spot or a 400-yard spot against them. So they've got uh, they got a lot of work to do over there. David, you're going to be fine. Don't even say that, David, on Facebook. You're going to be fine, David. They're going to win next week. Don't worry about it. Steve, hey, when, when I was at Buckeye Sports Bulletin a 1,000 years ago and they lost that game to Michigan in 96, I got a letter from a guy, and uh, he said, this is honest to God, the letter I got in the mail from the guy after the game goes, I am sitting in my backyard under a tree. I feel bad, and I don't know when it will ever feel good again. So, you know, that's that's the level that these people take this. So that was know. a tough loss. The that was spring, a bad, spring dude, slips game. I sat in the stadium with my buddy TJ, just like that was like a nuclear bomb. For a while afterwards, Steve. Then we went to La Bamba's finally and ate burritos as big as our head. But that was like a nuclear bomb hit Columbus that day. You don't want to see nine. Three times they had first and goal. And they settled for field goals yeah. in the first half, 96. Yeah. I'm not still oh, going. Well. All right, let's get Patrick Murphy in here. All right, Steve kids. Hello, see you later. You, God bless it. everybody. Thank you, Steve. Patrick Murphy, how you doing, my friend? I'm good. This might be the world's biggest jumbotron that isn't inside, like, Dallas Cowboys Stadium. I don't know if you can tell it from here, but it's huge. Three Ohio State players, when they walked in today, were like, holy crap, that's a big scoreboard. It was not here four years ago when I was here. So I, was gonna say, remember how I just wanted to point that out. It used to be super small. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's one down here that yeah. is very small. I don't know. Yeah, you can kind of see it there. But anyway, sorry, this isn't good radio. No, I mean, it's it's great uh, video, though, I think. But, yeah, my, my one time there, it looked like a – not a high school stadium, but, like, the scoreboard looked like a high school stadium. Good of Maryland will use some of these uh, billions of dollars that are coming in. Okay, not billions. Yeah, billions I mean, it, this is – this is a nice stadium for fan experience. I mean, you can see here, it's, they've, they've added to it and everything. The media situation post-game and the locker room, and you can see the tent back there, that white tent. That's where Ohio State's locker room was. They had to extend it out because it's not big enough for a football team. Um, the, there's too many of these Big Ten facilities that don't live up to Big Ten you know, levels, and that's something that needs to change. But that has nothing to do with today. The Buckeyes didn't struggle because of that. Dallin Hayden, let's start with that. Yeah. What I mean, it was the Dallin Hayden day. I mean, and he looked good. He, man, hats off to that kid. That kid, even though he was a four-star, I think he was underrated as a recruit, had two yeah. absolutely great seasons as a junior and senior in high school, and now he's shown it as a true freshman. He's been great. I, I don't understand the hesitancy. I know you and Steve were talking about it, of, of putting him in. Look, Ryan Day, every time he comes up, says you know he's ball security and I'm not sure if that's Dallin Hayden fumbles in practice because he's not doing it in games or if that's just how he feels about freshman running backs and you know maybe he didn't say it about Travion Henderson last year because Travion was the number one running back in the country and it was pretty clear he was going to play early on but 
you got to get Dallin Hayden involved in this offense more. Even if both guys get healthy again, I think he's a factor. The way he runs, um, you know, he's just he's just a hard runner, and he can take a workload. You saw it tonight. I had 20-some carries. I don't know what his final number was. But he said in high school, you know, it was pretty much give the ball to him every play, and he's he's willing to do it. And you saw, as soon as he came in the game, there was a rushing game all of a sudden. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we've talked about the offensive line not blocking and all this. The offensive line was blocking fine when Dallin Hayden was in the game. So, you know, I think I think that's saying more about what, you know, Travion Henderson is doing right now, and some of that may be injury, and, and Mayan Williams a little bit, though he's been better than Travion. But, yeah, Dallin Hayden – I don't know if you start him next week. Sounds like Mayan will be back from what Ryan Day said. He said that was the plan and things are progressing in the right way to get Mayan back next week. But he's got to be a part of the game plan. He's just too good right now to to not be involved against Michigan. And and I know you don't want to trust a freshman in that game if you don't have to because of the, the magnitude of it. But he doesn't seem to be phased at all by this. Other than talking to the media, he said that does make him a little nervous. He handles it well, though. He's very mature. He does, yeah. He's, he's very mature. He's a great young man, as you know, from, like, speaking with him. I've enjoyed the, the few times we got a chance to speak with him this year. Yeah. And his dad, being a uh, former NFL player, does not hurt the cause at all. Uh, right. He, he knows what it's like to play at the highest level. Um, what was – at the press conference with Ryan Day, I'm sure it's, like, especially with the, getting that touchdown at the end, it makes it look a lot better, that final score, 43-30. to 30. <laughs> Makes it look a lot better than what it really was. What yeah. was live at the press conference? Was was Day getting grilled on anything in particular? What was what was kind of the vibe at the press conference? What's something that kind of stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, he was very clear that there are things that they have to get better at. And, you know, he talked about the, the pass defense. He talked about running the ball more consistently. Um, but he also made the point, and I think there's some validity to this, that winning football games in November is hard. And – I think you look around today in college football, and I'm sure you've touched on some of these games already, but teams weren't getting out easy. Georgia struggled with Kentucky. Michigan almost lost. TCU almost lost. I mean, South Carolina's beating Tennessee 28 to 14 right now. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, I think that just shows how difficult this can be. And look, this isn't a bad Maryland football team. I mean, there's talent here that maybe hasn't lived up to the billing every week. Um, I do think they've had some some injuries that they haven't been able to overcome as well as a team like Ohio State. But I think that was was really what Ryan wanted to get at is, you know, it's it's as he said earlier this week, it's March Madness right now for, for Ohio State. And, yeah, if you want to look ahead and project next week and and possibly in the college football playoff, if Ohio State can, you know, win playing like this, I don't think Ryan Day is publicly going to talk about that. And he just wants to keep winning because keep winning at this point you're going to win a national championship. So I get it. And I get why there are concerns for sure. And things need to get better. If you can get through next week, you have what should be a relatively, I don't want to say easy big 10 championship game, but the opponent should not be too, too daunting. And then you have almost a month before you would be in the college football playoff to get guys healthy and to work on some things. And I think that's when you can really fine tune and, and, and dive into a lot of stuff but you got to get through next week. And, and, you know, that's the big one. I, I kind of went off topic there, but I do think that's important is that, you know, this is, it's hard to win in November, you know, teams want to knock Ohio state off. Maryland knew this could be, uh, you know, kind of a, a program changing win if they could finally beat the Buckeyes, something they've never done. So. I'm glad you brought up the game. That's what it's all about. Yeah. We had like, you know, kind of tippy toe around it. Like, don't look ahead. It's like, we're, let's we're in the media fans. You know, you, we all can look ahead. The players and coaches right. shouldn't, but now it doesn't even matter. Like it's, Michigan week 
if you're an Ohio State fan, what's your confidence level? This game's at the horseshoe. You got the revenge factor. Both teams didn't look good today, but they both won. Both are 11 and 0. How about that? It's going to be two versus three, which is cool. If you're an Ohio State fan, what's your confidence level here for the game? Well, first, I was really hoping for Georgia to lose today. So it'd be another one versus two game because that would just be a lot of fun. But uh, two versus three, we'll have to do. Look, I think you're always nervous for Michigan. I mean, even when Ohio State was dominating the Michigan series before last year, I think there were a lot of Buckeye fans that, that were just nervous about each and every year. I think that the fact that this game is in Columbus, and I've said this a lot the last few weeks, game is in Columbus. The motivation that this team has been thinking about, C.J. Stroud said you know, that, that they've been hearing Michigan talk. They've heard the stuff from, from people across the country about their toughness and everything all year. So they have I, – I think this will be as motivated as you've seen. I think – Maybe we've seen a little bit of Ohio State taking some things for granted. You're not going to see that against Michigan. So while I still think it's completely normal to be nervous, Michigan's a really good football team this year. I, it's so hard for me to imagine them losing this game be, because of that. And I think Ohio State's a very good football team. I don't think we should lose sight of that, right? This is, this is uh, the, the number two team in the country, and I don't think anyone's questioning that. Yeah, there's things they need to get better on, but I think you could say the same about Michigan if, you, if we followed Michigan as closely every week. So, you know, I, I think there should be some confidence, but obviously you're always going to have those nerves in that game. Hey, Patrick, any injury updates? Um, you know, it looked like Jordan Hancock got banged up. C.J. Stroud hurt his leg. Obviously, he didn't have to leave the game or anything, but he was wobbling a little bit. Obviously, we know, you know, the running, you know, Travion Henderson re-injured his foot, it looked like. Uh, I feel like oh, Matt Jones got hurt. Any in, I, I know Ryan, Ryan doesn't like talking about injuries, but any injury updates? Yeah, apparently also Lathan Ransom broke his thumb early in the game on a play. He was wearing a cast on it for the rest of the game. We, I didn't notice that, but while we were waiting for CJ, uh, one of the other reporters was was talking to another guy about it, and I, I checked, and they're like, yeah, he, he put a cast on the thumb uh, late or early in the game and obviously played through it. So uh, I don't know how serious it is, but he was able to block a punt and, and have a good game. Uh, Matt Jones got carted off. I tweeted out a picture of that. And then uh, we saw him leave the locker room on crutches. So that doesn't look great. Um, I know some people will say he hasn't played well, but you have to imagine that Enoch Viamahe behind him doesn't do well in practice or else you'd think they'd make that change because Matthew Jones has been battling a foot ankle injury throughout most of the season. Um, who were the other guys you asked about? Jordan Hancock. Um, I, I didn't see him at the game, so I'm not sure. CJ Stroud looked fine. Like I said, we talked to him. I think – Look, this time of year, everyone's dealing with something if you've been playing regularly, right? It's it's a banged-up time of year, and you just kind of have to get through it. Um, I think most of Ohio State's guys are, are good to go. Um, obviously, there's been some high-profile injuries this year, and, and more than in past years. But, uh, you know, I think you've seen that the Buckeyes have developed this depth for a reason, and, you know, they, they, they've gotten to 11-0 kind of on the back of that depth. Any parting thoughts before you get back to work, my friend? Yeah, uh, I just think it's it's fun. We're headed in, as I said earlier, this Michigan game. I'm excited. Two versus three. Um, you know, this is this is what they do it for, right? Is is to play in this game and have this game mean something. And uh, you know, you could you just got the sense that, that talking to to Ryan, talking to a couple of the other guys after this this game, they were uh, they're pretty juiced up about it. even before the game. A couple of the equipment guys and things like that while we were standing over by the the tent there um you know asking about the michigan score and 
one of the guys asked about, you know, did Blake Corum come back in the game and things like that. So, you know, those guys, the equipment guys, I think it's okay for them to look ahead. They're like us. They're not actually playing in the game. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think this is, they're, they're pretty fired up for this game. I, I think it's going to be a fun week. No doubt about it. It sure will. Two versus three at the horseshoe seven days from now. He is Patrick Murphy. Thank you very much, Patrick live from college park. I appreciate it, buddy. Yep. I'll talk to you later, Dave. Thanks everybody. Thank you, Patrick. Patrick is also the host of Bucknuts Happy Hour, the podcast that he launched this year. Does it once a week, long form podcast. It's about an hour every Thursday or Friday. So Patrick does a great job hosting that. Um, great to have Patrick on. Thanks to Patrick. Thanks to Steve, live from College Park. We also heard from Jeff Ehrman, publisher of our 24-7 Sports Maryland site, Inside MD Sports. We heard from the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column tomorrow. The bucket. Um, so, yeah. Um, hey, survive in advance. It's all about that team up north now. 11-0. And I feel like this is an elimination game. I really do. I mean, it's not necessarily, but I feel like it is. And it, it, then that, that, that feels good to me. I like that. Especially for Michigan. I mean, you can say for Ohio State, too, because it's at the horseshoe. But Michigan's out-of-conference schedule, awful. And the committee has taken notice. And they've had a lot of close games, like today. Ohio State's had their share of close games, too, but Ohio State at least has the Notre Dame game. Both teams have the Penn State game. But I don't think the loser of this game is going to get in. I really don't. I feel like this is a quarterfinal game, and I'm here for it. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's been four years since they've come here. Four years, and I cannot wait. They're good. They're better than I thought they were. But I'm very confident the Buckeyes are going to take care of business. The early line, Ohio State by seven is what I'm seeing. I don't know if that's going to change based on injuries with Blake Corum getting banged up, Travion Henderson still banged up. Both teams are extremely banged up at the running back position. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, we've some people like chiming in, Lathan Ransom, as Patrick reported. So it's great hearing from the guys live right after the press conference, isn't it? We get to hear things like this. This isn't good news, but Lathan Ransom broke his thumb and then came out and blocked, a, you know, had the tackle for loss and blocked a punt after that. Um, so apparently he did it in the first half. Break a thumb, just, you know, just tape it up and get right back out there, right? You're a football player. These guys are just unbelievably tough, just absolute gladiators. And we had somebody say, my friend Dan Hope is reporting that Tommy Eichenberg doesn't just have a broken bone on one hand, but both hands. And Tommy's out there just doing Tommy-type things. So I'm getting a little choked up talking about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're banged up. Michigan's banged up too, though. They had some guys out. Mike Morris was mostly a precautionary thing with an ankle. Mike Morris looks really good as a defensive end. We thought Michigan was going to take a huge step back at rush edgers, losing Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo. Well, Mike Morris looks like a stud. He couldn't play today, but they said it was precautionary. Um, their tight end was out today, Michigan's uh, top tight end. But they're better than what I thought they'd be. But if Blake Corum is – he's definitely going to be less than 100% in my opinion. Um, if he's way less than 100%, I just don't see how Michigan's going to win this game. And Donovan Edwards missed today as well. I don't know what the severity of that is. That was precautionary. If he's, I imagine all of those guys are going to play, just like I imagine Mayan Williams and Travion are going to play. But how effective will they be? Dallin Hayden, I agree with many of you. I don't know if he's going to start, but I agree with many of you. He's going to probably be the bell cow next week, and I'm okay with that. He looks good. But it's all hands on deck. We all know that. Can't wait. Cannot wait. It is that team up north week, and, and I'm here for it. I've been waiting for it for four years. I've certainly been waiting, waiting for it since uh, last year. 
still that feels like it happened what like uh, like a month ago doesn't it that wound is still fresh even though it was uh you know what a hundred and or 300 and what would it be four 48 days ago 348 days ago roughly and that that wound is still fresh 349 days ago um that wound is still fresh and you know the Buckeyes are gonna get their chance at revenge and I think they're gonna take care of business all right thank you for all of you for joining me on the show I appreciate it um appreciate all the comments and questions all of you for tuning in thank you very much thank you to Jeff Ehrman uh, our publisher from the Maryland 24-7 sports site InsideMDSports.com. Thank you to Matt Baxendale, the People's Champ. Catch his column tomorrow on Bucknuts, The Bucket. Thank you to Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon coming at us live from Maryland in College Park after the game, after post-game interviews. And, of course, thanks to all of you. Appreciate you guys so much. Really appreciate it. And um, can't thank you guys enough. Um, go Bucks, And uh, I'll talk to you guys Monday on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thanks again. I hope everyone has a great evening. Go.